miss, get Paul to plug us up into line one and two. No problem. Yo, Paul, plug him up and give him that hype effect. Yeah, that's good. Plug one. Plug two. of your thirst. Reason for the rhythm is the cause is unknown. Different individuals are dazzled with the showbiz. Auditions are gathered by the show would just rather hold a count at three and in the end leave it as it is. Flow to the sway of my soul. Clean out these lunatics to a horse. Words are set to the vents of humans. Then converted to a phrase called talk. Musical notes will send a new motto. Every last poem is recited at noon. Focus is set, let your Polaroids click as we capture the essence of a naughty noise called plug tuning.
doubt is an uplift, and real is the answer that I answer with. Dying yet lava with your mouth, realize that the tune that I present is surely not a gift. Different in style is definite, and style which I thought is still legit. Now set aside, I say I hold pride in performing this melodic misfit. So sting cause this picture is pitching, and since Daddy Dove is now saying, all sing along to your favorite song while the pocket transistors are playing. But least but not last, I'm frightened. For the words that I reply, hold doom. Life of the chant can be stopped by accident when you're tripping the wire of the plug
I'm Jam Master J. Adidas, WBLS, and Rush Productions presents a fundraising appearance by the kings of rap and roll. Live at the Apollo Theater, April 19th, two shows, 7 and 11. You gotta rush, we only got 60 seconds to say a lot of shit. What's up, New York? My name is Jam Master J, and I'm here to say that Adidas, WBLS, and Rush Productions presents a fundraising appearance by the kings of rap and roll. Live at the Apollo Theater, April 19th, two shows, 7 and 11 p.m. What's up, New York? My name is Jam Master J, and I'm here to say that Adidas, WBLS, and Rush Productions present a fundraising appearance by the kings of rap, Run DMC. What's up, New York? gonna be busting new jams like special guests the beastie boys tickets 5 10 18 and 25 dollars with special box seats at 30 dollars pick them up at the apollo theater box office or ticket center ticket master outlet
guests, the Beastie Boys. Tickets 5, 10, 18, and $25 with special box seats at $30. Pick them up at the Apollo Theater box office or Ticketmaster Centers. Fuck it.
Black, black plastic mutiny radio dot FM. Thanks for listening. Uh, good positive vibrations goes out to Sean from Bug House on Tuesday. He had me in doing his show because he messed up his hands. So think good thoughts for Bug House, Sean. Think good thoughts for yourself and uh, remember. Always do the right thing.
say it again in case nobody heard me the first time there is someone giving out some flat blue acid it is poison there are 15 people who are very ill from it Right, right. Love shines a different light. Light as the world goes 
Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's an acronym. It stands for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hey. Whoa, hi. How you doing? Oh, it's hi, Mike I'm Spiegelman and Carl and... Oh, yes. We have a very special guest. My brother, Adam Spiegelman, returns to our show. Hi, Adam. Hey, girl. Hey, hey girl. Hey. My brother has one of the best podcasts still in distribution. You can find it at Proudly Resents. A really good cult movie uh, podcast and a big influence on this show. So, hello, welcome back, Adam. Oh, thanks for having me, and uh, good to meet you, Mike. Is it Spiegelman or Spiegelman? It's Spiegelman. <laughs> oh, I okay, would... good. And I'm really Carl... excited to have you. Maybe we won't have a celebrity comedian countdown today. Are we having a celebrity comedian countdown today? Oh, uh, not me. Whatever you want to do, I have right. them in my back pocket. We don't need to do it. We have Adam. Apparently, yeah. I'm neither a celebrity nor a comedian. A comedian. Can you count right. down? I. From where? It depends from where. Seven. Yeah. <laughs> we we are right now streaming first on mutinyradio.fm. It is the internet radio station based in San Francisco and broadcasts around the world. So, hello world. Get our podcast, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's why we say the acronym up front. Find the podcast and at your leisure, listen to the podcast and watch the movie at the same time. Maybe you're even lazier. We have a YouTube channel. Carl, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Moderate? Syncs. And uh, he actually syncs the movie with the podcast, so you don't I'm have to curate. do that extra step. And you can watch it anytime at LWK. At your leisure. Leisure, not leisure. At your leisure. That word is so banal. <laughs> <laughs> Did I pronounce that word right? Uh L-W-A-F-L-M-O-I-T is our YouTube channel. So we want you to like someone and smash them. Not not anything related. Carl, what is the movie we're watching this week? We will watch this week. We're watching Brooke Shields again. It's our third movie. Brenda Starr. Okay, Brenda Starr, 1989. That's what you put in the YouTube search engine. Brenda, you know how to spell that. Stars with two R's, 1989. And then it goes on to say what? It says Brooke Shields and um, – but anyway, you will find the channel that is Gamer. Something Gamer. That's your channel. It's I-R-S-Y-A-D. Syad Ur-Syad Gamer is the channel we like. Brenda Starr, 2Rs, 1989. All right. Sounds good. Let's take it from Carl. Go find Brenda Starr. 1989, that's the one with Brooke Shields. Loretta, dad, think gamer, is uh, hosting it for us. Find the link, click it, hit pause, 
move it the timer to zero zero zero. And now, without further ado, Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Countdown, this time with Kathleen Wilhoyt. Welcome, Kathleen. So today we're watching Brenda Starr, 1986, and this is why we have you on. You are playing the character Hank O'Hare. This character is very, very masculine, you know? Was that fun for you? How did you feel about it? I mean, you're in a suit and tie, right? Well, I'll just tell you, I was on a roll at the time. I was getting cast in a lot of things. I even looked at an old interview where I actually said the words, getting acting jobs has never been very difficult for me, which <laughs> is so not far from the truth today. <laughs> I, I I was shocked. It was an interview I did for CNN. And, that, and I would say that Brenda Starr was amidst a series of gigs that I just got cast in without auditioning, which to me is the gold star of an acting career. If you don't audition for something, it's just fantastic. I mean, to me, it's the greatest thing in an actor's yeah. life. Like, you, you know, of course, people who don't have to audition for, uh, for jobs, um, just you can see them just bask in the glow of a fabulous life. And I got to experience that for a brief period in my life, and it was fantastic. So I didn't audition for the part of um, Great. Hair. I was cast in it. Um, and I was so, as they say in uh, whatever, full of the beans or whatever, I was so um, just full of myself, I guess. You had a I didn't even read the script. I was just like on a plane flying to Jacksonville, Florida. So I'm reading the script and I was like looking for my part and it was, I was I couldn't, I kept having to reread like, which part am I? I read the script. I was like, I don't know what part I'm supposed to play. I remember I got off the plane. I called my manager. He said, oh, you're playing Hank. I thought, Hank, I thought that was a, like a dude. I don't know what yeah. out of my mind. And then I looked at it in my hotel room. I was like, oh, shit, this is a cartoon movie. So uh, I also have a thing where I can't stand to suck. I can't stand it. Mm -hmm. So I thought, wow, how bizarre that they were like, we got to get Kathleen for this part. But then I just surrendered to it. And I was like, you know what? It's kind of awesome to get to play a cartoon character. It's kind of cool. I did some research on it. And, uh, well, I, actually, at the time, there was no internet. So I guess I didn't do any research on it. The library. Yeah, and I didn't go to the library. But so I just started to try to figure out how to play this role. And I remember I went into makeup and hair. And the makeup person was like, we're going to paint freckles on your face. And yeah. costume people were like, we're going to put a pillbox hat on your head, and then you're going to have a hank of hair that curls up from the pillbox hat, and you smoke a cigar all the time. I was like, oh. And so then I developed, I just went and kind of did a crash course, again, not wanting to suck, and developed my character um you know, and the voice, I think I had a voice yeah. in that, hey, you know, Hank O'Hare. And I think I just thought, like, the way to not suck in a cartoon movie is to go broad 
be big, own it, don't apologize, and just swan dive into the clown of it all and hope you hope you stick the landing. So that's basically. And you really idea. did. I mean, the clown of it all, like uh, like when you're in the hospital scene, uh, like you're you're quirky and you're moving your head around. You're way pronounced and over exaggerating. So I thought you were only in Jacksonville because half of it was shot in Puerto Rico. But I really don't think you're part of that. You were in you were in the the press offices of the Flash. Uh, you were in the hospital scene. I think you had a scene on the street, if I recall. Was it a quick shoot for you? Well, how about this? Because this is a sentence I haven't had the privilege privilege of uttering in since then. I was doing two movies at the same time. I was doing a movie in New Orleans called, geez, I don't remember what it was called, but my friend David Nydorf was in it. And mm -hmm. Jennifer Jason Lee, I can't remember what it was called. So I was doing that movie and I was doing Brenda Starr and I was flying between New Orleans and Jacksonville doing uh -huh. both movies. So I was only in Jacksonville, never went to Puerto Rico, did you say? Yeah, yeah, they I did. I never went there. Um, and I don't remember anything about it. Well, <laughs> 1986 was a big year for you. I mean, at least in terms of the releases that came out. I mean, films get shot, of course, before their release, but you had Witchboard. You also had a movie called The Morning After, which we've also done on our podcast. That was with Jeff Bridges and Jane Fonda. But my, your best thing in 1986 is you were starring your handcuff to Charles Bronson in a great film. I don't know if I'd call it a great film, but it was a Charles yeah. Bronson film. And Charles Bronson is amazing and cool. And, you know, the thing that's embar that embarrasses me about that is, like, it was um, – it was not a realistic script, obviously. Uh -huh. And I feel like at the time I was in New York doing a play and people would follow me around sort of going, hey, butthole, hey, you know, like doing like those crazy names of the, mm -hmm. the that character was supposed to be like a potty mouth. But it was kind of psychotic because it wasn't any kind of name that anyone would ever call anybody. And again, at being a beggar, not a... Uh, chooser what beggars can't be choosers i was happy to have the part and i was happy to work i didn't you know it wasn't i've never gotten to choose the parts that i play um mm -hmm. I, which is really to me the sign of just enormous success yeah and i still look forward to the day when i get to choose the parts i get to play but at, right office. now and back then i was lucky to get what i could get I got you. Now, you said you didn't really remember the shoot. I was going to ask you if there's any stories or anecdotes about Brenda Starr. Uh, maybe something that, you know, I mean, well, did you speak with Brooke a lot or you don't yeah. recall a thing about it or? No, I do. I do. I mean, Brooke is my age, right? She's, I think probably we were born at the, uh, in, in within like two or three years of each other. So at the time we were both in our 20s. Yeah. Um, and I remember seeing her at the hotel and her beauty was otherworldly. Like yeah. I remember going, oh, that's, that's a different kind of pretty than I've ever seen in my life. Cause her face, she's tall, uh, 
and she was super famous at the time. Yeah. But it was still Going to like Princeton. remarkable. She was remarkably beautiful. And I thought to myself, I remember consciously thinking to myself, that chick would not be able to have a normal career in some small town in the United States because mm -hmm. her looks were exceptional. And uh, and then her mother was also a big, big character in the cast and crew. She had a big presence. Her mother was kind of body and she and Brooke had a very, very close uh, relationship. And there was a lot of, I remember people being a little intimidated by her mother. Mm -hmm. um, her mother kind of uh, inserted herself in a lot of the decision-making uh, decision making in the production of the film. And I think at the time, and this is vague, of course, but I think that was really at, at, a, at the beginning of when Brooke was starting to want to take more control of her own career and life mm -hmm. at that time. She was in a, probably in her early 20s, I would say. Like, yeah, so she was like 20, 21. Well, I know that she was in college at the time, and we graduate, what, 22, I think, is when you graduate. Yeah. So it must be a young 20. And that's also the time in which you look at your parents and start to rebel. But her mother was a big part of this film even getting made. I mean, she pursued the director, and she was the one who pulled the people together to do the financing and everything. So oh. it makes sense that she's like large and in charge like that. Yeah, very much so. And, you know, they, she's in the lobby and gesticulating. But I, I found her to be, love, you know, funny. She was always nice to me. Uh -huh. I had no, you know, who am I? I'm just, a, you know, an actress in the thing. And, and um, um, Brooke had, like, an assistant. She had, like, two people around her that were our age that were her good friends as well, uh -huh. like assistants or something that she hung out with but I was also going through my own kind of self-destructive you know phase of life I don't know if I was probably the most professional <laughs> yourself mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. but I, I can tell you that when I look back at that time because I had such an abundance of opportunities kind of it felt like the Brinks truck back up and dump <laughs> money into my backyard and now again i say this because that's not my life today and it today. wasn't my life like in my 30s you know i've had to work really hard and i'm grateful for any job i get now and but at that time i got to experience my little 15 minutes and it was i loved i had a blast and i was simultaneously uh, self-destructing in a, a kind of pathetic way, you know, drinking a lot and doing whatever uh, destructive stuff I could. I think maybe I could not really handle my good fortune and felt mm -hmm. unworthy inside. Like if they really get to know me, if they really, they'll see I'm an untalented kind of ding-dong student. Oh, wow. I mean, which is so sad. Yeah. I think of myself because now I'm like, oh, that's crazy. Why would you ever do that? But at the time, you know, I just, I, you know, look, we all go through our phases. Yes. Did, you, yes. did you have a phase like that? I mean, yes. You know. We've yeah. all been young, you know, yeah. and we don't have our perspective. And yeah. I can imagine being young and getting all this uh, success thrust upon you 
and uh, you're kind of like navigating it yourself and, and there are new experiences. So I could absolutely see you like making, or, or whomever, uh, making choices that you wouldn't make today with a much more, you know, you know, you were kind of saying today, I think you're really working a lot today. I mean, what you, what do you have? CSI Vegas? Is that's Oh yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, I did that season that killed me. Oops. Oh, yeah. don't spoil, right? I know, right? I did that season, and I had a ball. That was great. I got to work with Marga Helgenberger, and I've worked with her before, so it was fun to see her again. Um, but you're. I mean, I feel really good about my life. It's just that. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I have a lot of joy in my life. I guess, you know, you have to go through things in order to get where you are. And today yeah. you know, I'm a mother of three, three grown children, you know, they're all doing well. I'm proud of them all. Great. I'm happily married. I love hiking in the mountains with my dogs. I love my friends. I love Southern California. So, I mean, you know, like my story has what I perceive to be a pretty good, Solid happily ever after. I even tell my students because I also teach mm -hmm. arts and also I'm teaching at UCSB this next semester. But I tell them, listen, if I get hit by a stray bullet someday, every one of you should know that I had a good run because I did. I've had a lot of fun in my life. It's been really... and, and it's ongoing. I mean, you were yeah. just in Yellowstone. Uh, you yes. did seven episodes of that cartoon, that uh, Summer Camp Island. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, that's then. fun. Yeah, and you know, I never got to see, but I got, I guess I could say that I've worked with, um, who was the guy who played my husband? He's like a famous English yeah. actor. I yeah, and I could get to say, like, oh, I've worked with that guy, you know, that's yeah. cool. <laughs> In the virtual way, right? Yeah, I never got to meet him, but, you know, he sure is good. I saw him in Red, the play about Rothko. So I understand that you auditioned for Phoebe on Friends. Right. Oh, that's the um, yeah, yeah. I did. That would have been great. Right. That was. Um, I tell that to my students when I talk about uh, auditioning. Um, I went to the network, which is like the final stage of the auditions, and it was me, Pam Ablon, and the chick who's Phoebe. What's her name? Yeah. The blonde. Um, I know her as Phoebe, and every time I see her in another movie, I think, oh, Phoebe's branching out. I know. I can't Google believe I can't remember her name. She's just obscenely famous and, and successful mm -hmm. and delightful, and everyone loves her. Anyway, she was there. And uh, I I was going to do like a whole – I had dyed black hair at the time, a, a lot of black eyeliner. I wore uh -huh. like black – I was going to do like a whole uh, Chrissy Hines kind of ding-dong. You know, oh, the character yeah. was supposed to be kind of – but she did like a hippie thing. Anyway – Rejection's God's protection, you know. But uh, yeah, that's a that's a second or third place situation, and that's, you know, who knows uh, how my life would have changed if I had. It would have, yes, absolutely. You know, it would have. Yeah. So, um, uh, last friend to star question. I kind of don't think it was on your radar the release, but there was years and years of waiting for this thing to release. Were you ever, I'm sure that you were moving on to other acting parts at that point and you weren't sitting there going, when is Brenda Starr coming out? Did you have any, did it ever cross your mind? When is this movie going to release? Good question. I will tell you that 
one of the things that I love about acting is the actual acting part. The ah, actual sending and receiving and doing the thing and cut and makeup and hair and creating the characters. The thing that I'm not as much a fan of is the release, the uh, screenings, the interviews, the post yeah. post acting stuff. That stuff makes me, uh, I'm not comfortable with that. So the answer to your question is, because I, I have never been thrilled about the opening of a movie, nor have I ever carried a movie outside of Murphy's Law, but even then that was such a, Charles Bronson was such a strong draw and presence. It's not like they were like, it's the Kathleen Wilson. <laughs> no. That was yeah. a Charles Bronson movie. And right. so um, I could tell you that I don't have a consciousness. I don't care. I didn't care when it was released. I didn't, I, I like, I don't even watch, I'm also one of those actors, I don't like to watch my stuff. I never saw Oh, it. you're I one of those. Really? I don't watch it because I see like a chin on a butt floating around a screen, like in a voice. Yeah. I can't see myself with any kind of, I mean, I sometimes I will. Like I told you, I ended up watching, I don't know how I got onto it, but that CNN interview of when I was in my 20s saying like, I've never oh. really had to work hard for an acting gig. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> what? But it was true at the time. It was true, it was at, the true time. at the time. I can mm -hmm. tell you for that little tiny window. And I had a record deal and I was doing cartoon and movie. Yeah. I had a really good manager back then who I didn't treat very well and who really provided me with a lot of opportunities. A man named Alan Summers. And he um, probably the one of many foolish moves I made in uh. retrospect in my acting career was firing him. Yeah, yeah, I got you. And we will all have the, you know, you would want to go back. And, well, I don't know that you'd want to go back and change stuff because you turned out great, you know. Well, yeah. You were describing things, you know. Right. So It did work out, I have to say. But absolutely. Is, I do have a few things of like, oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> did you do that? You know. Yeah. I, I, I guess we all it. do and everybody does. Yes, but. it's really true. So I, we're about to do this countdown and watch this film together, but I still have one last thing. I would like to see your eyes. I hear that they're different colored. Can you show me this? More human, right? Oh, there we go. So does that... Do, about having different colored eyes. I'm sure nowadays it doesn't even cross your mind, but I mean, in the past, you must have thought, what's, did you feel like it was strange? I mean, it must have been, it's attractive in a way. It's different. It's quirky. I've never, you know, you that, you know, I just make jokes. I'm the girl with kaleidoscope eyes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nah, that doesn't have, you know. And a lot of times I'll tell people, I got two different colored eyes, and they look at me and they say, no, you don't. Well, like, I've been trying to see it throughout the whole interview. I had to get up close, you know? Yeah, it's like one is brown and green and one's green and brown. So. Well, that's very unique. It's very, <laughs> you know, it's it's neat. <laughs> okay, now. All right, now. We, everybody at home is poised to press play at the same time we do here in the studio. So everybody's queued up and ready to go. So why don't you go ahead, Kathleen Wilhoyt, and give us that.
Celebrity Countdown. Three, two, one, go! All right. Thank you, Celebrity Comedian Countdown, for that, that Celebrity Comedian Countdown. Ooh, worst president ever. Triumph? Oh, it's a triumph. Sorry. Do you I mean see Truman? Trump's name everywhere. He will be in this film. The worst president ever, Truman, Harry S. Truman, will be in this film. But now that we've got Trump, is it really true anymore? He's not the worst. Right. Sure. Maybe there'll be another worst president. We'll have to wait. Brenda Starr, the cartoon show, the comic strip. I can't believe you guys made a comic strip political. This is a comic strip that was in, um, well, out of the Chicago Tribune. I'm out of here. You guys remember this from growing up, right? In the Sunday funning? Can I just talk about this? I'm not that smart. Like, I I couldn't follow the, it's only three panels a day. Nothing really (laughs) happened. And and you don't read it every day. And you don't know, I always got lost. So you can really follow it. It feels like a tiny little nose. I'm always like, look out behind you, Mary Worth. (laughs) I can't tell them apart. Look out, Rex Harrington. Timothy Dalton is in this movie? Yeah. He had a career. Like, did you know he existed before James Bond? I knew he was in this movie. Well, he was in Flash Gordon, wasn't he? Yeah. Yes, he was. Yeah. He was like a famous British actor. So this is cute. Like, comic book movies before Marvel, they really didn't know how to do them. So they always have to show the art itself. Yeah, the drawing. Right. Because it's a comic book movie. Based on a comic book. Bob Mackie, nice. Well, you're really yeah. involved in this mouse. <laughs> I know old, what's up with that. Um, look at that uh, old style, uh, you know, pencil sharpener. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Old-timey coffee. Rossin. Now, Timothy oh, Dalton start, started in The Lion in Winter, one of my favorite films. You guys you know were, that. Yeah, film. we talked about that film. He was the king of France. Come to visit. The 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 car the cartoon the comic strip the character he plays has a patch on his eye so it's like yep. one of those movie magic to see the actual character in real life even though he looks you know goofy right he plays Basil Saint John who was always a mysterious figure in the um, cartoon in the com- you know comic strip uh, of Brenda Starr Brenda Starr was a reporter and that would take her on lots and lots of adventures now the woman who writes Brenda Starr used to get letters from reporters saying, this is bullshit. My life is not like this at all. And she used to, she was like, that's why you're not in a comic strip. Right. Yeah, let's do a comic strip about you trying to pay your taxes. Now, and, we uh, got the sound on mute, which is a big mistake because Mike always has the sound up. And what he's doing is he's insulting Brenda Starr. You see, he's taking this job. Oh, now you turn it on. He's taking this job because he needs to pay the bills. He's not a Brenda Starr fan, so he chastises her and insults her while he's drawing her. And she's fed up. Is she going to come to life in this panel? No. Bingo. Here she goes. Coming to life. All right. Look, it's the actual cartoonist. Oh, it is? I forget the name of the cartoonist, but that was his signature. Well, the cartoonist, you might know as Gale, but it's Dahlia Messick. She was the artist and writer who created it. 
We're going back to the early 40s. Here she comes. Here she comes to life. What? This is like Cool World. Right. God bless you, Brooke. What? That's it. She's out of here. She, she went from cartoon to real life. Bingo. How is that possible? Buh, 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 buh. Guess That's what? Me. We will never have it explained. It just starts like we, we got to make a movie based on a comic strip. Oh, gosh, that's going to take a lot of setup. People are not ready for a comic book movie. We better have a preface where the cartoonist is drawing it during the opening credits. I mean, honestly, don't you think this is a better opening than a guy drawing a picture? Now, here's but, Green Acres, yeah. dude. Uh, he's, he's the top cop, the Green Acres. Eddie Albert? Mike, what's the name of the pig from Green Acres? Oh, gosh. Harley? Marley? Wait. Um, there was a fan club for that. Now, this Josh is our, our anyway. bad guy who's a Just gal. Kidding. Okay, she's the riot. Okay, Just go kidding. ahead. What's the pig's name? Listen, I don't want you to blow this. This is the main and villain, okay? She is a rival reporter, and she hates Brenda Scott. She looks like Brooke, like a blonde Brooke. Okay, now, I watched Green Acres on the reruns and everything, and I remember something about the pig was a big deal. What, yeah. is, what was his name? That's the thing. He, he, Arnold? No. Arnold. Was Arnold. it? Hang on. Siri, what's the name of the pig from Green Acres? Dajaka <laughs> Moore. <laughs> That's great. That's Adam's joke. He says, How does, Carl, you gave Mike credit for that? That's Siri, oh, Mike. Well, he is a celebrity comedian. Yeah, uh -huh. he is. Three, two, one, go. Get it together. That's how you do it, kids. Now, Brenda has used her street smarts and her gumption and determination and tenacity to worm her way into a hostage situation, although she's not a hostage yet, because she wants to get the story and she wants to scoop lips. lips what is, is the bad. story? Uh, you know, there's a crime going on here, and it's going to be in all the papers, and uh, Green Acres dude is the top cop. I remember, so our father, Arthur, speaking with a journalist, and he used to come really home after work. I'd say, how, how's work? He'd go, great. I was covering a story of a, of a, of a gun shootout, and so I went into the room itself to cover it. And we go, thank God you're home alive. What journalist does that? Now, the artist is calling his boss and saying, I don't know what to do. She's gone. I don't know what to do. I need this job. Yeah, we really don't need any of that. So he essentially says, if you want to keep your job, you'll get her back. And that's our setup for the leap that he's about to take. So she's in cartoon world right now. And in real life, the story is the cartoonist's assistant has to find her. Right. In cartoon world. In right. world. The, the real cartoonist will enter cartoon world to pursue Brenda and convince her to come back. Even though his brother was killed by a tune when they dropped a safe on his head? Wrong movie. I will never order from Acme again. I don't care about two-day shipping. Do not order from Acme shipping if Wile E. Coyote taught me anything. If you're an Acme Prime member, you can stream Roadrunner. Oh, someone had a nickname 
pasture pasture bedtime, and I go, ha ha, that's funny, pasture bed. <laughs> pasture it, bedtime, very but good. But there's pasture prime. I came up with my own pasture prime. Okay, so now Eddie Albert is seeing that she is now a hostage, and she's like, don't worry it's... about me, just shoot. They know it's Brenda Starr. I mean, do they have like a monogram piece of clothing that could kind of identify her? No, her look. She was named after a debutante in the '30s who was hugely. So she had through this big party. She was on the cover of Time magazine, and she was. Her look is Rita Hayworth. I got you. So weird. So she's named after a real person. So that real she's person. She's named after gets... Brenda Frazier. Brenda Frazier was the weird. real life person, a debutante in the '30s. Very Brendan. Brendan Frazier. Got it. <laughs> and so Brenda uh, was the first name, and Rita Hay Hayworth was the look. Now, if you look up Rita Hayworth, then go to images. You'll see. Now, watch this. Watch how Brenda saves her own life. Oh my God, she's. Oh Bam! my God! He broke the fall. Cold-blooded killer. I know this is ten minutes into the movie. I I don't know if I could just watch her ethically. She murdered her first victim. <laughs> All right, death she's kill one. Oh, she's alive. Oh, and and she's upset. She's like yeah, she says, "Oh, yeah. perfect. Oh, great." That's really Thank good to know when you fall off a building. Those split seconds move the body that you're holding. To hit the ground. <laughs> it wasn't split seconds, Mike. Even though it was only four stories, it felt like four hours. It felt like four hours. Time yeah. to check her hair, flip them over, look at her phone. The credits of Iron Man Two runs, finishes. Now look, who's this mysterious figure who was in the crowd? I don't know. <laughs> wow, he had a, wow. he had a view to a kill when dun, she dun. killed that dude. Dun, dun. He was hey, a surly was Bond. He was surlier than. Daniel Craig, right? He was like, oh, uh, my wife is dead. I must seek revenge. Okay, now we have like, oh, Brenda's so popular. Everybody knows her. We're doing the Brenda Star rag. She's so popular. We wrote this song. I'm doing the Brenda Star rag. Right. right. Nowadays, that'd be a rap song. It would be featuring Brenda Star. You've seen this black orchid. Did you see it? Yeah. What does that there mean, Carl? Well, this Basil St. John must eat a diet of black orchids. Everyone in his family must, or they go insane. And that's from the cartoon comic strip. Yo, no, Was I'm that sure real? That... You didn't make that up? Yeah, the movie producers didn't make that up. That's right. No, I thought Carl made that up. Now look who he's drawing. Look who he's drawing. Himself. Drawing himself into the comic, and he's doing it right where she left off so that he can be hot on her trail. Why don't he I can tell it's him now? because of the suspenders. Right. And this guy he's not a bad cartoonist. Together. Here we go. Will myself into my work. Oh. What? Yeah, uh, he should have drawn himself on the ground. Right. right? <laughs> yeah, big lug. Yeah, wherever I can draw myself wherever I want inside this lion's mouth. Now look at his '80s pants. His like Miami Vice influenced light clothing. You wearing a mask? Yeah. This was well, just this version. Okay, this is like our Jimmy Olsen kind of guy and our you know manly woman 
Oh, I know her. She's a friend of mine. Really? Uh, Kathleen. Oh. You didn't Is know that Kathleen Wilhoit? Um. Uh, I don't. I did. Uh, yes, it is. Tell me more. Oh yeah, she's a friend of mine. She's actually on Proudly Resents a few times. Okay, uh, then let's send her with... to do the celebrity comedian countdown. Oh, you'll definitely. She'll do it in a second. She's so fun. That's so great. Do you yes. want to do it? Do you know can how you pull to? Some strings? We should be talking I'll, about this I'll off I'll just air. send her uh, email and ask her, or you can send okay. her an email. Okay. Super nice. Sounds good. And uh, super open about everything. Now here oh, good. is rival. Here's rival reporter, and she's like, screwed her over in the newspaper, claiming that exactly what the story was. I've seen this three times. This is my fourth, but. Wow. <clears throat> Do we have closed captioning on this movie? Yes, always... it is available. You might have to stop the. No, no, no. no. I think I got it. Good. So he's saying yeah. that she's working on a huge story, a huge story that Brenda will never be a part of. Look how, look at her. Feisty, Brenda. Feisty. Brooks Shields is like perfect for this part, right? Like she looks yeah, perfect. Yeah. Now this is 1986. He was at Princeton and this is the summer break. He is Are in, you serious? Yes. He is in Fort Lauderdale, Florida filming this and she'll also go to Puerto Rico to film this. Not bad. Yeah, the, that was a famous celebrity college uh, run. He stopped. Like, there's some people that are, like, white hot, and they're like, well, I got to get a life. I'm a young guy. Uh, yeah, kid. right. So Elvis has got to go into the military. Yeah, so when she went to Princeton, it was a big deal. Like, oh, my how God, can the biggest deal when she was there, was... yeah. Uh, I remember this com open mic comedian came on, and he, he said that he got a ton of attention because he went to Princeton and wrote an article, uh, How to Sleep with Brooke Shields. Whoa! How to pick up. I know. It's a dick move. No, <laughs> it's a great it. move. I'm, I'm behind this guy. They published it? I would brush up. Yeah, and it got, I think National Lampoon picked it up. Or it got a lot of attention. Okay, so the art artist has gone to the Flash, that's the name of the paper, looking Where for Brenda, and he just missed her. Now, she's off of a big Scoop, right? She was a, a part of the story as a hostage. So everyone's applauding her. And it seems like every time she enters the newsroom, it's always after a big story and everyone applauds her. You know who's bitter is Clark Kent sitting behind her. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> you know, Clark, you're never around when Brenda Starr's around. Shut up. <laughs> I'm here now, ain't I? Hey, Clark, how come you're not here when Superman's here? I'm here now, right? Ah! Okay, here Jonah is Charles. This is another big friend of our podcast, uh, Charles Durning. Oh, Charles Durning is great. Now, he, he storms in. You're cutting the pay of our staff because of depression? I quit. And he's like, Brenda, check out this pretend Einstein guy. You're not listening to me. I quit. Brenda, please, after the film. Brenda, you're a woman. I'm not listening. Yes. Those were the territory. Now, we saw him in Tilt. Didn't, am I wrong? We saw him in that Burton Reynolds movie directed by Hal Needham, right? Yeah, he was so old he could hardly move. Oh, was it that was like a recent thing? What was that? What movie was that? It was a TV movie. It, it was, was for TBS. It was the hostage one. Yeah. 
It was like Hosses, Hosses Three, Hosses, and it was uh, Hal Needham uh, used Alan Smithy uh, credits, but he directed his friend in this TBS uh, murder series movie, and Charles Dunning is his buddy. At that time, he was, was in very poor health. Oh yes, he was he as was big like, as a house. He could hardly move, and they shot around it. They filmed. Yeah, they it shot around him. He was one of Burt Reynolds' guys. He was in yeah. all the Burt Reynolds movies. Now, yes. this is showing that this guy has made a fuel that can, that, well, it isn't a fuel, it's an engine that runs on water. What? Oh, we got to kill, yeah, now the yeah, government's going to kill him? Who killed the water car? That's what I'm saying. He was just showing that the, the gas tank is empty, he poured in water, and now the plane is flying. It's unbelievable. Why does he have to be there? So we oh, yeah, you with all the power energy crisis. Native. How yeah, many like white guys can... are there playing native? He could have been discovered this elsewhere. Hello. I might have shot that at Princeton. <laughs> Now, wasn't he in Tilt? Am I wrong? Mike, he had a he big in... belly in the world. Who? Oh. Wait, who? Charles Durning. Wasn't he in Tilt? Tilt? Ah. Uh, oh, my God. The Brooke Shields film we watched, the oh, pinball. Oh, Tilt, yeah. Wasn't he the pinball? He was the pinball master. Right, with the big belly. And then we saw him in another film, like, right after it, and he wasn't as Hello. fat. Yeah, you're right. He he. Tilt is a really good movie. He's a teenage pinball yeah. prodigy who runs away from home, and tries to beat the the pinball wizard himself, Charles Dunning, who kind of, you know, becomes a mentor <laughs> adversary. Oh, look at this! You know, a movie has big gaping holes when you have to throw in animated sequences like this, right? Like no, you Girl. don't. It's a it's a movie about a comic strip. Now look you, at this you saw... funny thing. He's starting to, what the hell is this? I'm in the funnies. Uh-huh. He's going to look I, at the I'm newspaper. The shop. Let me check the funnies in the funnies. What? Now look, a mystery woman appears across from him. And then, poof. This is a very weird movie. I never realized this. Yeah, they didn't trust this to do a straight friend the star movie. It had like a Twilight Zone episode in the, the movie. He's I mean, like if this is a better it. movie, we'd be praising these choices, right? I mean, be honest. Well, this movie has a bad, uh, it's an infamous rep because it never got released properly. It did. And it did get released in the video staple, but it always had this onus of the big film that never got theatrically released. Yes, and the Why thing is, is it's a really missed opportunity. You see, this was filmed in 86. It was supposed to come out in 87. And that is when, like, a lot was going on. Like, he was a huge um, star. Timothy Dalton had just gotten the James Bond stuff. There right. were movies out like Dick Tracy, and you know there was um, there were there were movies like um, Batman. I mean, Batman, right? Oh, no, not yet, but Dick Tracy. Batman was eighty nine. Yeah, yeah. Dick Tracy was after, wasn't it? So yeah, it, it was. Would have it was been a great, great release. Um, they played rock music at the White House. Dick Tracy and Batman. You're right, Adam. It was Batman. This is Harry S. Truman. Now, 
you, you remember Peyton Place, but not the one from our era, the one from the 60s. This the TV guy show was or the movie? huge from it. Nice. There was a Red Fox joke saying that uh, they named the foxhole after him. and They actually named uh, a hole after the president, Harry Truman, the Harry S. Hole. <laughs> that, was that in Okinawa? Was that in Japan? I, it was one of the many uh, Red Fox Party albums on Laugh Records. I used to listen to. The only joke I remember. I still have your vinyl and all your comedy records if you ever want them back. And I was just listening to Richard Pryor, your Richard Pryor record. I think it wasn't even like a famous Richard Pryor record. It was no, one on Laugh. it was not. It's obscure, <laughs> and I have never heard those routines before. Talking about two days ago. Oh, wow, that's cool. I'm glad you have my record collection. That's a yeah. big influence on me. I've got Meat Beat Manifesto. I've got... Oh, you, you do? ever want it back, I've got it for you. Nice to hear. Oh, I love Meat Beat Manifesto. You know what's funny, Adam? Uh, your friend uh, FM is going to be watching a movie we did on this show the first year before Carl. Uh, it came from Hollywood, the 1982 bad movie retrospective film with Dan Aykroyd. Uh, Meat Beat sampled that movie. So it uh -huh. has like a lot of like shitty sci-fi movies. He just took it from that uh, compilation movie. The less you know. The less, less you know, the more you know, not know. Now this guy, that guy we just saw as Ed Nelson, he was from Peyton Place. He'll never come back yeah. again. But I want you to know that he was the he was in every television show. I'm gonna start reading them. You know them okay. all. He was in Marcus Welby, Mod Squad, Mission Impossible, Kung Fu, one, you know, Adam Twelve, Ironside. Should I go on? The Bionic Woman, Police. He was all over TV. Quincy, Chips, Trapper John, MD, Lou Grant, Charlie's Angel, blah blah blah. Murder, she wrote. He was in everything. This guy. He's like, I'm on it, Lou Grant. I'll go get it. I'm Trapper John. The wrong show. Get your shit together. He was in Barnaby Jones. He was in uh, uh, The Fall Guy, Dynasty, Cagney and Lacey, MacGyver, Jake and the Fat Man. He, he did the circuit. I like it. Okay, and then now. Here's the impression of his agent. Yes. She knows. Yeah, here's an impression of his agent. Bring, bring. Hello, he'll take the part. <laughs> so Basil has shown up mysteriously and he knows where the professor is okay in brazil where he's from so what's up there a giant a microphone bug. it's a bug the russians like are spying oh excuse me i'm sorry i'm sorry the rival newspaper is spying and there's your Libby Lip Lipscomb is her name. Go ahead, turn it on for a second. And turn it up loud, would you? Oh, Mike's gone? Why? Does this happen often? Mike just gets up and leaves in the middle of it? I wouldn't say often, but yes, it happens. It doesn't happen every show, but sometimes nature calls. Okay, now... The rival newspaper was spying on the star, and who's spying on the rival newspaper but the Russians? Because oh, they boy. want this unlimited energy power, too. Do you see Jeffrey Tambor there at the head of the Yeah, table? as the head Russian? Yeah. 
Well, no, no, he's not the head Russian. You see the cigar smoking lady? He's large and in charge. Tambor, oh, sorry to be sexist. Tambor will do a job of pretending to be an idiot in this film, and it's pretty good. Look how pretty she is, man. Yeah, I just interviewed her recently. Turn, turn it up. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Okay, thank you. I might be out of cue. How did you get? Okay, don't do it, Mike. How did no, you I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a second off, and I did the closed captioning. I, I, I got out of sync. I knew it. So, Adam, tell me about Brooke Shields. No? She was the coolest. She was very, very nice. Uh, Wait, beautiful. you interviewed her? Yeah. Well, then let's get her to do the celebrity comedian. No, I oh, yeah, sure. Let's I did it for work. ask her a million questions about this film. Uh, yeah, you could question? probably reach out to her. I don't think it'd be impossible. No, you know her, not me. Oh, I don't know her. My uh, job. Carl, what did, what's up with you? Oh, you did it at your job, not yeah. on yeah, 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 it wasn't Yeah, they're not friends. Okay. Yeah, we're not friends. So Brooke Shields talks she about left, making it was like, this movie. forgot who I was immediately. I thrilled it was happening. I think in hindsight, the problem was it was never backed by a studio. We were the first of that kind of comic book movie. Unfortunately, it took seven years to get released, by which point Batman and Dick Tracy and every other superhero cartoon-inspired movie had already come. We were originally going to be part of that first batch. I th always thought it was unfortunate because the idea and the cast were so good. I mean, Timothy Dalton, but the direction fell short. It got mm -hmm. legally tied up. It was such a shame. I think that movie could have been... The bat. It was really fun and unique. I love playing the character. She's one of my favorites. Now, the reason she's the star in this is her mom, of course, Terry. Terry called up the people who bought the rights to this, and they said, Brooke Shields loves um, Brenda Starr, and I've got financing. I got – it was the a relative of King Fahd of Saudi Arabia put up the money for this. Why is she tied up? They were never going to release it then? Like it was just like a, a money thing? Well, like a... this guy, this they weren't movie people, and they didn't understand how it works, and they sank their own ship. They were holding out for their perfect distribution deal, which never came. And they're the reason this film did not release in time and, you know, released internationally first. Okay, now, they want to know where the energy Sources. So they have tied her up, okay? But she's too smart for them. Did they let her do her makeup, which and it has a ton of foundation? <laughs> like three pounds of powder in that little thing. Now watch her. Watch how she. She Whoa. almost gets out. But take your time. Squirt. Hilarious. Good for her. Every reporter needs a. Uh... Some powder in case this happens. Wait, why aren't they Listen, in Russia? You reach out to Brooke Shields. You tell her that I got into Princeton. Because you just walk. I mean, there's no gate. You just walk right you in. You just walked right in. Yeah, yeah. Anybody they can get in. That. that was pre-9-11. Oh, yeah. Post-9-11, uh, Princeton University clamped out. Now, we watched, uh, my wife and I watched Sleepless in Seattle last night. And it was like very pre-9-11. I'm up on the top of the Empire State Building. Yes. <laughs> After hours. 
Now, oh. we, we kind of missed a gag. You thought she was hanging out way high up in a tall building, and she was really yeah. right by the ground. It's not the best, the Russian antics, but they try really hard. The movie really tries to make them funny, and it didn't oh, the play sound out. effects. It's a good effort. When you got to bring the slide me? whistle in, you know you're you're really in trouble. <laughs> Can you guys tell me where, what number you're on, please? No, Michael. Please. No. Okay. Turn your prayer books 20, to 28, 28 and 7, 19. 28 and 10 seconds. 28 and 22, 23, okay. 24, 25, 28 and 26. Got it. I'm, I'm there with you. Oh, I'm, for some reason, I'm two seconds ahead. So I'll tell oh, you look, what Wonder Woman. No spoilers. Wonder Woman. Oh, look you're only going four Woman feet, With her high heels. There's a lot of wall climbing in this. Susan. Okay, now, we're going to get a funny I'm not sure if it happens now. At one point, I'm going to turn. Ask, okay, are you really synced up with us? Yeah, absolutely. I am right now. What's your? Are you watching Brenda Starr? No, I'm watching People Can Talk with Cary Grant. Uh, twenty nine and six. I have. Okay. Okay. Now look, they're gonna take Jeffrey Dan. <laughs> that is funny. He's he's, he's so he's fucking great. funny. He's so funny. Now he plays deadpan throughout the whole film. He's Stupid and doesn't talk a lot. But that now, was like perfect. How funny yeah. was that? Did field. you? Well, oh, there we go. This is what I came to the movie to see. But her badunka dunk. Yeah, in yellow. Thank you, thank you, Dick Tracy. Oh. Uh, oh darn! My favorite. Blousey, uh, my no, favorite. Cut it up. Dick Tracy's favorite blouse. Blast! My favorite skirt. Oh. Now, this is all a movie lot, right? I mean, buildings like this don't exist. Uh, no, this is Puerto Rico. This oh, okay. is not. This is on location. Okay, my bad. Now, her skirt got ripped, so of course she's got to get a new outfit. Can you monogram a B on, on it, please? On my bonnet. Oh, that's brilliant. Look at this. She just covered Look, it. Yeah, see, she's hiding from as yeah. if they can't see. Look, if she can't see them, then they can't see her. It's the peekaboo. All right, turn up the sound. This is a little funny. <laughs> now, later, they will cut back to the birds and they'll actually say hello. This movie tries hard. This movie really yeah. does try hard. It's not a bad film. You know, it's not awful, awful. It's just something missing, you know? I also think there's a lot of misogyny involved. I think that if this was, like, Dick Smasher, it would be <laughs> released, right? But no one really gives a shit about Brenda Starr. Well, I guess no one gives a shit about early comics. How about that? No, no, incorrect. This movie was set to go. It was a Hollywood production. Everybody cared about this. It was the foreign investors who fucked everything up. King Facade's uh, relative. Why don't I pull up what that is so I can sure. talk about it? It's all relative. Come on. Um, yeah, it's King Fahad, King Fahd of Saudi Arabia. 
his brother-in-law, Sheikh Abdul Aziz Al-Abrahim. Somehow Terry Shields knew him and he wanted to back a film that Brooke was in. So they picked this one. Oh, it's Basil. You know, she, she's the best. Uh, I don't know if you're Zorro a fan of Larry Sanders. <laughs> it's like Zorro with uh, only one hole. At I couldn't tell who he was. He was wearing a mask and an eye patch. <laughs> I've never seen and a domino seen. mask with one hole. Maybe he has a lot. Whoa, what just happened? It was like some kind of weird cartoon explosion. Now, the only speaking roles in this movie, uh, in this scene, are from Brooke and Timothy. Mm -hmm. uh, no, wait. Right this is funny. Turn it up. This is funny. That's, that's the big joke. The horses cost extra. Yeah. So now they're going to the Amazon, which is a long-ass river. How do you know which part? Where the professor is hiding out with his formula. Right, and this is Puerto Rico as the Amazon. This is Puerto Rico as Brazil. That's right. And now they're gonna we're gonna learn about the orchids. What about the horses? They didn't have any speaking roles. Did you notice? Well, there what they did intend for the horses to talk, but there was a flu going around, and they were a little hoarse. Come on. All right, we're done. <laughs> He's saying, we cultivate orchids. And she's like, it's a lovely hobby. And he goes, it's not a hobby, it's a necessity. I need what to a weird eat a thing black orchid every day or I go mad. Right, or I go mad. <clears throat> and we okay. don't Hold see on. that chaos. We're going to, he's so evil, he has to eat orchids. He's not Fine. evil, he's, he's just a good right guy. We have to go home. Fine. Put it in. How much are black orchids anyway? Like, that's a habit. <laughs> Now, uh, the street value is, I mean, there are dispensaries. Now, the, oh, look at that. he got bucket. bond during the filming of this. And King Fahad's brother-in-law was like, he's bond. We want a new distribution deal. We want more money. Interesting. <coughs> There's all bummer. sorts of uninteresting history here that they created a company called Mystery Man Productions and... They obtained the right in 86, and uh, I don't know. It's a whole thing about how this one went bankrupt, and that one bought the distribution. I could go into it, but look, Mike. Here we Mike. are. Now, here's RuPaul. RuPaul makes a little cameo. Wow, that's early. Ooh. You are my, you are my. That's not RuPaul. That was RuPaul. Is it really RuPaul? Why did they pick RuPaul out of all people? Well, I mean, she was available. Yeah. Okay, now, everybody knows that Brenda has a lead on where the professor is and this mystery engine. So now, all we know the, the Russians are after him, but it's going to turn out that this entire restaurant so Brenda's like, how did 
goes, what do these people want? And Basil's like, they want you. And he goes, how would they know that I was here? And then evil bad one reporter will show up. She published a story. Star goes to Brazil. <laughs> you know, That's neat. He's at a restaurant. Yeah. Breaking, breaking. Brenda Star leaves country. But now the artist will finally catch up with her. What is the artist going to say to her? Hey, Come funny back story. Come to the comic or I'll lose my job. That's he it? Wrote, That's the... He wrote himself into a, a pile of alligators. <laughs> <laughs> Here he comes. I... Here he comes. Yeah, I... I'm Does sorry, he... sir, but we are full. How did they all know I'd be here? Oh, there's the newspaper. <laughs> Endangers national security. Oh! And you oh, know that's an international, the international newspaper. It's the Globe. Like, who gives a shit? Other than spies. Your daily I newspaper. I heard my kids screaming. Sorry. No, no problem. That sign didn't work. <laughs> now, Basil thinks this is a rival love interest, and he's so confident that he doesn't even there's he has no nervousness about this at all. Oh yeah, just takes her dancing. Yeah, well, Brooke Shields is like you again. I told you I want nothing to do with you. Out, out. And that's what will be the whole like premise of their relationship in the beginning. Get lost, punk. One thing I have to say, Brenda Starr never went postmodern in the comic strips. She never, like, this never happened. And there's plenty of comic strips where this would happen, but it's just seems like go a with weird... the times, right? In, like, come a little 70s or come a little 80s. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He's he's contemporary. <laughs> Look, he, he goes... What? All my iced tea! Basil's like, you have to leave. And she goes... Brooke Shields goes, Basil, don't make a scene. So he's like, okay. And then she pours the thing, and he's like, don't make a scene, eh? He's been sangria. Oh, oh there's Tambor. How embarrassing. I love how she's in, she has the cigar all the time. You know, Jeffrey Tambor was on uh, Gilbert Gottfried's show, uh, and great reminiscing. And then at one point, like maybe 90 minutes into the interview, he goes, I, I have to apologize. And he starts talking, kind of talks about his experience with Pan's parent, where uh -huh. he got what? Jeffrey Tambor uh, got accused for just being a like sexually harassing and just being an unpleasant on the set of Transparent. It was one of the reasons why the show wrapped up. That was and, one of the reasons why the show wrapped up. Well, they wrote they, him out, and then a show about him, they wrote him out of the series. Well, that's too bad to hear because I only like I I would like to think only good things of this guy. He's made me laugh so many times. There is a reality to things. Um, he was in Justice for All, Mr. Mom, There's Something About Mary, you know, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, he was the mayor. The Ropers. You know, him, right. him and Brooke Shields were in the best uh, Larry Sanders episode. He was, he was a guest on Larry, Larry Sanders. Sanders. Marlene, Matlin, Marlene Matlin was also on the show. And Brooke Shields has a little antidote, and Marlene Matlin tells the story before she does. Uh-huh. Um, he was, of course, George Bluth in Arrested Development. He was great in that. And the brother, the twin brother. I watched him in Max Headroom just the other day. 
was a good sleaze ball, right? He yeah, played he, that character. He was the reporter, and and you know, with his sleeves rolled up and a tie. Oh, hello, hello. Hold on, Mike. Put your hand over your eyes. Tell me when the scene is over. I'm going to hold my breath. Nudity coming up. Ooh. Um, he was also the voice in SpongeBob SquarePants movie. And um, I guess I said enough about him. He, he's, well, can uh, I just tell like in the announcer it, for Hollywood Squares? That's interesting. He was the announcer, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, ah! Oh, it came out of the closet. A little too late. A little too late. Ah! It literally killed him. Now we're Jeffrey find story? out that our artist killed them to help Brenda. Is and that true? Like, get out! And she looks fantastic. So let's see. If she was in Princeton, she's got to be between. She graduate college at twenty-two. Is it? So she's younger than twenty-two. Yeah. He's all nervous because he has never attacked people and, you know, it's always. So now he, she is allowing him to take a hot bath and then get out. And she'll keep up that whole. She'll now call down the, to the front desk and say, would you please remove two bodies from the hallway? Yes, ma'am. They're, they're not dead. They're just conveniently passed out, right? Well, you hear a snoring. From the one of them. Good job. Clap your hands like it's over with. Well, I knocked those two guys unconscious until they were sleeping and put them out on the balcony. I Clap wonder why hands. I go to Puerto Rico instead of Brazil. Maybe because it's United States and it was easier money. I, I don't know. It's just probably cheaper to shoot there. Yeah. This is so, so strange. This reminds me of Cool World. What's your tambour story? So, oh, you have a tambour story? Well, he, um, they were doing press for Arrested Development the last season, and it was tambour, the woman who played his wife, uh, Jessica, Jessica Walters. Jessica Walters and the two sons. Uh, the oldest, Jason, and Jason, Bateman Jason Bateman and, and the other guy. And uh, he just starts crying and talking about what a jerk he was to her during the original series. You're and she kidding. just couldn't stop crying, and the other two guys didn't know what to do. And then he kept apologizing for being so awful to her. Wow! So, I would. I yeah. really want to like this guy, and it's getting tougher. Yeah, I know. It really was like, oh, he is a jerk. You know, one one thing I would recommend for for tambor heads is if you get the DVD copy of Miss Congeniality Two. Yes. He was in a scene they completely cut out and put in a different actor. Uh -huh. So. In the movie, like she meets somebody in, I think, in Atlantic City and uh, or whatever in Texas, and uh, who's kind of like hitting on her, and Tambor played the role, and in the deleted scene, he plays it like really kind of straight, serious, gummy, like he's just like a nasty little guy. Like it was no humor in the role. It was really interesting, and then to hear the accusation, accusations, and then see that scene, it's a little iffy. Yeah, yeah. So if you ever want to go through your DVD collection, did I leave my DVD collection with you as well? No. Did I leave you my uh, collection of miscongeniality? 
Yeah, give us Cordelia. I have your old comics that you wrote. A lot of them. Maybe I, I used to photocopy them and send them to you. I, you did send them to me. Maybe I sent you the whole thing because I'm not sure where it is anymore. I have I have a collection of those. And I, th I believe you sent it to me. Oh, my God. I'd love to show okay. those to Rose. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, they are getting on a ship where this captain – okay, turn on the sound because this is pretty good. He goes, you're killing me. <laughs> Music's great. This is why it's hard to work with. Yeah, like this. You had this record, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carl has it now. Well, this was my high school prom song. <laughs> really? The theme for Brenda Starr? Uh, no, I, I got the record, yeah. It was a Brenda Starr theme. Brenda uh, Superstar. That is what you are. A journalist. Uh huh. Take us to the docks, please. But this guy really wants to keep his his uh, cartoonist job, so he's not giving up so easy. It's such a strange premise. I agree. Like he's the star, if you ask me. He's a cartoonist assistant who gets stuck in a cartoon. You know, he's not a good choice as a star and leading man. He just doesn't have that much charisma. And they will become romantically interested in each other, although it doesn't really go there. Right. I don't know. I don't think it was a good choice. I think, you know, Basil St. John was perfectly cast. I think the Russians are good. I think, I don't know. Tambor. Well, yeah. I mean, he was the just cab driver was perfect, I think. Uh, but this guy um, obviously hasn't worked since. You got to feel bad for this guy because he's like a lead in a Brooke Shields movie with James Bond. Yeah. And yeah. they never release it, right? And he's just telling everyone. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, I worked with Brooke Shields. Sure you did. Sure you did. Uh, and it yeah. was pre-internet, so he couldn't show a clip or share a link. Oh, he yes. had that third-generation dub VCR uh, VHS. Right. Hang yeah, on. He's a that's my name. Let me no track it. Hang on. Let me get the tracking. There's my name. Okay, so there is some uh, anti-woman stuff, and you'll just eat it up and say, see, the world is my worldview. So here we go, Mike. Okay. Um, this was <laughs> – where is it? Where is it? Because this, uh, a woman saved her. Here it is. Although set in Chicago, Brenda Starr Reporter was initially the only Chicago Tribune syndicate strip not to appear in the Chicago Tribune newspaper. She submitted the news strip to the Chicago Tribune News, New York News Syndicate, but the syndicate chief, Joseph Patterson, had tried a woman cartoonist once before and wanted no more of them. Fucking Kathy. <laughs> Wiley, female cartoonist. Patterson's Ooh. assistant, Molly Slot, later, who would become the vice president of the syndicate, saw the discarded samples and encouraged Messick to make Brenda a reporter. So she went and said, make her a reporter. She really kind of mentored her. It had then, because of Patterson's effort, appeared in the Sunday comic book supplement rather than the daily paper. The strip huh. was an immediate success, a uh, mix of adventure, romance. It was popular with both men and women. 
By 45, five years later, it was syndicated and published daily. By 48, um, the Chicago Tribune finally carried it because Patterson had died. In 1950, it was in 250 papers. Wow. Okay, now. Ernest. Bad guy reporter knows that Brenda's off to find the, the engine and the fuel. So he's like, I want you to follow that boat. And he won't do it in, until she does something sexual. It was like offer her garter or something. Why don't we listen for a second? He looks like Ernest. Wouldn't he got that? He goes, okay, 150 and. Oh, that's not her daughter. Yeah, she, she lifts up her dress. So I think the implication is she's going to sleep with baby. him. No, she's giving him his underwear. Uh, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. A garter belt is not underwear. You think she would, she would got more information? Is the, is the thing that keeps your pantyhose connected to... What is a garter belt? It is... According to Urban Dictionary, a garter belt is... Oh, God. Jeez. Never mind. Look at that. That's not no true. Nothing I read in Urban Dictionary is true. Yeah, that's all cap. Okay, so... This captain is not the real captain. Once again, it's just another person trying to get taken to the mystery energy source. Now look, you'll see her notice her nails. Yeah, she'll file them. That's cute. I like this movie. And then she'll use it again. To... Here's the real captain. Holy mackerel! Oh, he's been uh, handcuffed. They tortured him, but he wouldn't tell her, well, you are going... Okay, that's great. Thank you. Hey, buddy, you got a little blood on your face. Yeah, right you there. got a little ketchup. No, she's been Shanghai. Yeah. Boat. Ow! A lot of people in there. Tighter than a submarine. This is me taking the ferry to Staten, from Staten Island every day. It almost oh, looks like the Lagoon of Gilligan's Island. Yeah. I was king of Staten Island back then. It was my idea to house the purge at Staten Island, the first purge on Staten Island. Oh, is that true? The first purge on Staten Island? If you watch the movie King of Staten Island, there's a really funny scene of them watching the purge movie. They're like, yeah, because <laughs> they're all from Staten Island. They're watching it. You know, I started watching that movie like, I'm not going to like this. And then I ended up really liking it. And I thought that Bill Burr was a good actor. He was very good in that movie. Yeah, they, he, did, he, they did a good job. The reason yeah. I don't like that kind of film because it's like, it's a, a personal journey, so it's like almost a little conceited, like it's all about me, it's my right. life, and what happened. But I don't know, they played it well, and he wasn't. I like I like films where they do that, but the guy kind of is a scum. Like he's kind of a scum, and he yeah. kind of owns up to it. Uh, in the end, way. he certainly does, right? Yeah. You see the piranha. That's our big. Uh, Threat. 
I was wondering why they were throwing out that perfectly good Costco meat. <laughs> hey, I'd like to get 100 pounds of meat from Costco, please. You're not going to throw it into the Amazon for the piranhas to eat it. Yeah? Ed? So she is refusing to stay where the energy source is because the freedom of the free world. Like, if the bad guys get it, they'll charge for oh. it some crap. Yikes. Does she actually know where the location is? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure about that. She's getting taken there. Basil's He's not even joking. He just got his arms around him. <laughs> oh! Oh, well, they're both gone. Now there's no real captain or fake captain. There's not been a single dad joke on this Disney cruise, uh, Jungle Cruise. I'm out of here. Did you ever watch the movie Jungle Cruise? No. The Rock tells like bad jokes like they do in Disneyland, and the the people of the time go, "Oh, really? Ugh. <laughs> That's interesting." I guess. Yeah, I saw when it was called. Um... What's that movie? I can't think. Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> Oh, this uh, the right. African queen. queen, right? Yeah, I saw one. It's called African Queen. Thank you. Oh, the Rock would be great, the African. He he wasn't. Where are they going to go? Now, look, 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 look. Wait, what about sense the piranhas? Do you remember? The... Right? What did you just say? Where are the piranhas? Are they on the other side of the boat? Yeah. Right. <laughs> it doesn't make right? sense. It's yeah. in the no piranha zone. Would you like piranhas? Why are you no shooting at the piranhas? Will eat them. They're shooting the piranhas for her. But why piranhas. kill the person you need the info from? That also doesn't make sense. Oh, I know. I hate that. Those oh, you want her alive? Captain, you see the smoke?